0: Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm
1: Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com, And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a classic parenting topic of discussion, eating out with kids
0: and duh, 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 why you should do it. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. And we'll be right back after this.
1: This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Plant Package, a cool subscription service that lets you give the gift of a mini garden with everything you need all in one box delivered right to your door. The beautiful plants are all carefully selected to be able to thrive indoors and out, making it perfect for people who live in small spaces. And everything is included. The soil, the plant nutrients, even the container, making it super easy even if you don't have a green thumb. I know that Kristen got her September Fall Foliage Festival box on her porch and absolutely loves it. She's been talking about it nonstop. And hey, Spawned listeners, you get a free starter kit from Plant Package when you use the code COOLMOMS at checkout. It includes gardening gloves, a trowel, and farmer's hand soap. Just go to plantpackage.com slash CMP and use the code Cool
0: Moms. That's plantpackage.com slash CMP. Okay, Liz, so I found this article about babies on planes. Apparently, Japan Airlines is going to show people making reservations where there will be children and babies on the plane. So apparently, you can pick your seats away from them. Yeah, I think that's just, you know, a good
1: start. I would really like them to show where the drunk people will be, (laughs) the businessmen who've been drinking martinis for six hours in the bar, the like fraternity guys coming back Back from Las Vegas. Like if you can give me that, I'll be happy. Yeah,
0: I was thinking about the farters. I always love them. <laughs> I also would like to know where the people are who take off their socks and shoes and put their bare feet kind of in the middle of the seat so you can yeah. see their toes. So if they could let us know about that too, that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah,
1: Twitter definitely lets us know about that. I see a lot of those <laughs> pictures on Twitter. But yeah, anyway, it us to a really interesting discussion on our Facebook page. And people are very divided on this. And I think it's Kind of that age old question about do children belong in the world? We started talking about restaurants yes. because your husband is a total restaurant guy. That's yes. what he does for a living. My kid's dad was a waiter and then went to culinary school and was a manager and was a chef. So he's worked front of house, back of house. So all of our friends were restaurant people. I grew up with like foodie parents in New York City who took us out to eat all the time. So like we both have a lot of experience with restaurants in general, restaurant life and culture, restaurant professionals, and now as parents, kids
0: in restaurants. So I think it's like a a good topic. And we are good people to talk about this. I think so. And Liz, we have kids and we've eaten out with them a lot. <laughs> Both of these things are true. It's amazing. Kristen, we should have a podcast. About parenting. We have
1: things to say.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about a few caveats to this discussion. And one of them that I want to bring up first of all, is that I do believe there is a difference between eating out with babies and eating out with kids. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you shouldn't do one and do the other, but there are different issues that arise when you're eating out with a baby and you're eating out with kids. And
1: you mean like an infant in a car seat. You don't mean like a toddler baby. Correct.
0: I'm talking about like a teeny weenie. (laughs) (laughs) Who may have a teeny weenie. (laughs)
1: Oh, boy. We're recording earlier than normal, just so our listeners know, and I am, like, fully caffeinated.
0: I see that. Okay, so (laughs) here's the thing. There is a point in time when bringing a baby anywhere is the easiest thing you will ever do. You pop the baby in a sling. People don't even really know the baby is there. And (laughs) I... I think that's great. You can, if you're breastfeeding, you can pop them on your boob and like use your other hand to eat. Like it's very, very easy. Or
1: they're in a car seat and they're like at your feet under the table and like no one even knows they're there. I did that a few
0: (laughs) I yes, it was yes. Great. Now, as they get a little older and they want to move around and they're a little more vocal, I think then you have to kind of lump them in more with what you might do with toddlers and kids, right? Like it's a little yeah. bit of a different experience.
1: That's a great distinction. So I'm glad you made that because there's some people freaked about
0: babies in general. You wrote about a baby on a bar once. Well, yeah. And I, so my husband at the time <laughs> and I went out for like a beautiful birthday dinner at a very nice restaurant in Atlanta. And we had four kids at the time. We were very happy to be getting away from our children to have a nice, quiet meal. And we walk over to the bar and I just got like my $17 artisan martini with like elderflower syrup or whatever. (laughs) And I look over and there is literally a baby in one of those car seat carriers up on the bar. (laughs) And I was like, I just... Don't like, I love kids, like, love them, have four of them, but just don't feel like that was the wisest choice. And I get it. You can't find a sitter or, you know, you really want to go out for a nice evening. But I think, and this will come up in our discussion, you also need to know your limits. Like, we can't really do everything now that we have a baby. This
1: is where I sheepishly admit I once was that mom with the baby on the bar. And I'll tell you where it was not a fancy restaurant. (laughs) We, we, when Thalia was probably like, a month old, so literally baby and carrier. We were in Maine with my parents for a couple weeks and we went to some like super divey place so he could watch the football game at two in the afternoon. We sat all the way at the very, very end, and I had her in the car seat against the wall at like the very end of the bar. So like people didn't even notice her. And there she was on the bar, the baby. I well, know. So maybe that was terrible, but like you know, terrible. It didn't bother anyone. No. But like anyway, so I'm just saying, like, ah, there's different situations. I would not have done it at the Four Seasons, though. I would not have done it with a $17 yeah, elderflower right? martini. I just, I
0: just <laughs> felt like, you know, or like put the baby in one of the, like the high chair that you can flip around or like put the baby in a sling, like hold the baby. It just didn't yeah. seem like the greatest decision. Yeah, no, we
1: wouldn't have wanted to like take up space away right. from people. Right. It was just like there was nobody there. It was like a, you know, a kind of lunch hour game in the afternoon. So I just want to say our listeners can am silently judging and tell you, me Liz, that yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so, no, you can you can say it. You could be like, "That was horrible. Why would you do that? That's disgusting." But I can also say, once you grow up to have twins and teens, you're really not going to be like, "Oh no, I never should have put the baby on the bar." Like it's really like one of those like low impact decisions. Yeah, you except will have made. if you're
0: shamed publicly by a blogger. <laughs> on a podcast and a blog post yes, and probably well, a bunch of other places. To me, so I'm I'm over that. Okay, so <laughs> let's also talk about what we mean by restaurants because yes. I, I think we're on the same page here that I'm not necessarily talking about a restaurant where you order at the counter and then you bring all your food to the table yeah. and you eat really quickly or you order Bring
1: your babies to Chipotle right. basically. Not right. a problem. There's no discussion there. Although I still think some of the rules yes, apply indeed. that we're going to talk indeed. about, but yeah, yes. we're not talking about like fast food or counter service, like we're talking about restaurants going into a local coffee shop or a diner or a nicer restaurant or a pasta place near you or something like that.
0: Yeah, So we're talking about like sit down, order from a server, you know, get drinks first, have to wait a little bit for food kind of establishment. And other people seated around you. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what like we're both, if you haven't figured that out, dear listeners, we're both very passionate about this topic. But why are we so passionate about this? Liz. It's not just because we have kids' dads and current husbands in the business. There's a lot more that we, no. we love So let's go through this. a few reasons why we think it's actually a good idea with some caveats to
1: take children into restaurants from an early age. So one, it teaches them to be in the world, right? And yes. we've talked about this before. We talked about this specifically with teens, with Dr. Ginsburg, about how you're not raising teens, you're raising adults. So if you have a two-year-old, eventually you are raising that person to be a good adult or a good young adult or a good teen, right? And so you need to teach them to be out in the world and how to code switch and how to adapt to different situations and environments. You can't just throw like an eight-year-old into a restaurant for the first time and expect them to behave. You have to work your way up to that. So I think it's good to teach our kids to live in an adult-centered world and what those rules
0: and regulations are. Yeah, it also teaches them that the world doesn't revolve around them either. Yes which is also important. so
1: important. And by the way, it also teaches other diners in the restaurant that the world doesn't revolve (laughs) around them and you're going to have to (laughs) share the space with children sometimes. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a really big deal. Like we talk about outdoor and indoor voice, right? Like, okay, you could be crazy and run around at home, but guess what? When we're in a restaurant, the rules are different. I think that's an important life lesson. You know, like when kids get into preschool, they learn that the lessons are different there. Kids that don't have siblings have to learn how to share for the first time. They have to learn how to sit still in a circle. You know, they're socializing basically. And so this is another way to socialize kids is by having them in environments where it's not kid-centered. I think it also, and I know we've talked about this a lot in other podcast episodes, but it helps them explore new foods and cuisines that you might not make at home. I'm not making chicken tikka masala from scratch all that often, <laughs> although I probably should. It introduces you to different people and cultures and customs. So here's like my fancy pants story. So when I was growing up, my grandparents on my dad's side were New York City Upper East Side fancy Fancy pants people, which is people are always surprised to learn that about me. (laughs) And on my mom's side, it was like the blue collar. My grandfather was a tile salesman. They lived in like a suburb of Philadelphia, not too far from you. I was exposed to really different kinds of environments, which I liked. But the one thing that was interesting about the New York City grandparents is we had to use like finger bowls at their house in between courses. Right? Super old school, fancy, like 1950s era leftover stuff. And so it was weird and silly when I was three years old, but like I knew what to do when a
0: finger bowl was presented to You didn't try to, to drink it, essentially.
1: <laughs> I did. I did- the, like, little flowers they floated inside and then <laughs> fought with my brother about who would get the purple one and who would get the yellow one. That, that for sure. But, like, you know what? It was kind of cool looking back that, like, I knew how to, like, eat TV dinners off the folding card tables around the TV when football was on at one grandparent's house. And I knew how to put my napkin on the lap and which fork to use and, you know, how to use the finger bowls, <laughs> which I know it sounds so fancy and pretentious. And yeah. it was. But, like, that was a cool thing to learn. Like, it served me well in life so that one day, years later, when I'm going to a wedding and they're putting like little finger bowls between courses and everybody else is staring at me, I'm like, oh, wait, I know what to do with this. (laughs) So I think that's like the other cool thing about restaurants, not that they have finger bowls these days, but there are other things you're going to realize, like there's three different forks. Which one do you take? Or you keep the water glass further away from the edge of the table. It's just those little things that kids are going to learn that they don't necessarily get at home.
0: And I love this point about how it's important for parents. Um, We're going to share a link to a Thrillist article And in fact, we'll share all the links of which we speak in our podcast over on our podcast page on Cool Mom Picks. But one of the quotes from this article is that there is a certain level of human need as a parent to leave the nest. Um, The article is by Kevin Alexander. And I agree with this. I will say this. It's very different to leave the nest with children at a restaurant than it is when you're just by yourself. So I think there needs to be a certain level of expectation for parents, too. The stress levels can be high. It can be very uncomfortable. It can be difficult. But even so, it's still great for you to get out of the house. It's also great for you to get out of the house without your kids, too. And
1: not everyone can afford to have like a babysitter and make it a full night. I mean, those are great when you can have like the fancy nights out. But sometimes you just, you know, look, I live in New York where there's a restaurant like every three steps, right? And to be able to go to the local diner or coffee shop on the corner with our kids at night and just get out of the house and feel like a human being and order a beer or whatever, like is a very it's important for parents to feel like that. And we can't always afford to have a big night out, but sometimes you can spend 30 bucks and go have, you know, split a plate of pasta at the coffee shop.
0: Well, and certainly I think it's worth mentioning that we realize that eating out in and of itself is a privilege. And certainly as a family of six, like it is very expensive to eat out. And I make sure that my kids understand (laughs) when we go out how expensive it is. So even if eating out isn't in your budget, if you're able to set some money aside and use this as a teaching moment and a learning experience for your kids and a way for you to bond all together, even... Even if you go once every couple months or once a quarter. And thankfully, there are a lot of restaurants now that offer great deals. I know there are a bunch near me and they're really good restaurants that kids eat free, you know, or they're half price. So there are some opportunities where it doesn't need to feel like a burden. It should not ever feel you like know, that. that's
1: a really good segue. It is expensive and it is a privilege to eat out. And that's why you have to respect the other people in the restaurant who are also spending good money to be able to have a nice experience. So why don't we talk about some of Of our tips, like how we do it, how we make it work, and what are some of the things we can do to make sure your kids are getting a great experience out of it, and so are the
0: other diners in the restaurant. Okay, so Liz, how have you approached this topic with your kids? Because honestly, I think living in a city is a little different, just because, like you said, there are restaurants everywhere. You might perhaps go out a little more than maybe, say, we do in the suburbs. Also, your family is a little smaller than mine, too. So it is a little easier. But when I have all four girls, I mean, that's it's, true. you know,
1: six of us. I get it now. It's like <laughs> a big thing, like to make sure that they have the table and everybody's going to eat. And, you know, I've always joked that between the four of our kids, we're lucky if two of them will eat one dish that's the same. So, like, we have, we get all the struggles. So I think the first thing is start with somewhere local, Ideally, where they already know you and they'll take care of you. And that's kid-friendly. Kid-friendly doesn't necessarily mean Chuck E. Cheese. It yes, doesn't necessarily mean so glad a place that services kids. It means a restaurant that's not kid-centered, but... Will accommodate kids, yeah, so that means they probably have high chairs they may have crayons they may or may not have a kids' menu they may have menus you can draw on or not, but they will be kind and they will welcome your kids and they'll be happy to see them because you want your kids to have a good experience as well and feel welcome because that's going to make them want to be on better behavior you know how like when your kids respect a teacher or respect you that they they want to please you the same goes for the restaurant staff so you want to start
0: somewhere easy like that i, I I agree. And also you can tell because a lot of times they're very attentive. The servers will get the drink orders in, they'll get their food in first. Yeah. They really move a lot quicker, probably to their own advantage because then they can get get us out of there and have another table. But also, you know, happy kids, happy parents. It's a good place to eat for everybody. Plus,
1: in terms of the price thing, it's also good because you know, we've been to places that aren't so kid friendly and they'll have some like eighteen dollar ridiculous like pasta on the menu. Yeah. And I'll say, listen, can you just do plain pasta with butter and the waiter will be like, well, I have showed you full price for it. Right. And you're like, I'm like okay. all right, I'm not paying $18 for penne and butter, but um, any place that is accommodating and kind will respect that and be like, what if we give you a half order? Or like, of course, we can make it work for you. You know, they're not trying to like get the most out of the bill. They're trying to develop a customer. So it's good for you also if you know the place will be accommodating. So basically, you don't want to start with like some super fancy restaurant that you're going to Christmas Eve with your family. Like start somewhere local and easy and work your way up. Absolutely. you do work your way up and you get to the point where you're like, okay, we're going to go. Maybe it's a local place, but it's like the place that's like they've got candlelight or you know, it's a little nicer or they have multiple courses or they have really good cheesecake. So you're not like dealing with the diner anymore. If it's not a place you frequent, call first, check it out, ask other parents in the neighborhood, see if you think that they will be accommodating. And I think actually sometimes a quiet place is better than a kid place. I've seen a few people talk about this online. I mean, we've talked about about this, but there's actually a good article on um, Cup of Joe about eating in restaurants with kids. And she talks about how actually sometimes when you are in a quieter restaurant, that kids are more inclined to adapt to the ambiance and the atmosphere. Oh, and interesting. And they'll be on better behavior. And yeah, I that think that's sense. actually, that I hadn't thought about that, but I think that's actually true. I mean, you know your kids best and if they're like super hyper and they're screamers, that won't work for you. But if they're pretty good, most likely they're going to be on good behavior when they're around other people who are on good behavior. Yeah, you know what
0: also I noticed about kid-centric places, which we just don't frequent very often. We did eat at one when we were in London and it was very crowded. There were lots of kids and we just felt like the wait staff seemed overwhelmed. Like we yeah. had a fruit fly in our drink like four times. Not ah! kidding. She brought the drink and then she brought it back. It just seemed like they were overwhelmed. It was very loud. And I I love that idea. And we kind of find ourselves in those sorts of situations yeah. where because we're also a big group, uh, we're loud as a group. So, and like you too, too. Like it's like, you know, it's four kids, it's a lot. So, finding a place that's a little quieter can actually work to your advantage. The one thing that we always do is we pick an early time. Yes. We still do that, even though my youngest is eight and my oldest is 15. We are in the restaurant sometimes even before five o'clock <laughs> if they open before then. I
1: think that's actually a really good idea. That was another like really funny thing in the Cup of Joe article. She talked to Jenny Rosenstrake, who's a Cookbook author and writer. And she has like a really great line about how, you know, when you call to make a reservation and they go, well, we have five o'clock and 1030 available. And you're like, who eats out at five? Well, you, you parents, you eat out at five with your kids. And and, <laughs> and actually, they mentioned in that Thrillist article as well. Oh, maybe other people should stay home before six, like pregame at home, you know, like you need to expect that there might be kids in the restaurant when you got to eat at five and five thirty. Well,
0: it's also a great way to get a table, especially a large table at a typically busy restaurant. Yes. And restaurants really want to fill those early times because those are actually harder to fill. So it's worth calling. It's worth if you're, you know, using online reservations, check the earlier times. I also find that if you wait until your kids are hungry, hungry, it's not good. So if you yeah. typically eat at 530, go to a restaurant at 445 or five o'clock because by the time you order and everything, they'll be eating at their regular eating time. Not that I think you need to stick to a schedule, but you want your eating out sessions to be successful. Yeah. So if you go and your kids are hangry, it's just not going to work. I think that's great. And I think if you also
1: understand the way kitchens work in restaurants, when you go there at five and they've had a new shift change, first of all, you're getting like people who are like fresher on the line. They haven't been there all day and they're not like exhausted. They're not already in the weeds and swamped with a zillion orders. Right. And they're much more likely to be able to be accommodating. Yes. Happily so. You know, so if your kids have a special request or, you know, you need something to come out early, they actually have more time to be attentive and friendly and help you out. So it's it's good for the restaurant also.
0: One thing that we do that for whatever reason people were surprised by, and I actually used to do this even when I took my kids to the grocery store, is that I would prep them. So I would make sure that they knew how to order. They knew what was expected of them. Like when they sit down, they put their napkin on their lap. You know, do we use elbows on the tables or not? And I think that it's important for kids to start learning how to order their own food, speaking to a server politely at a very early, early age. I think it's also really important for girls. Yes, because it's they need to speak up. Yeah, you know, I I have a couple kids who are fine with it. I have a couple other kids who are embarrassed and shy about it and they look at me and I smile. I look at the server and the server looks at them and they figure it out. Yes.
1: We've talked about this on other episodes also, by the way, that it's important to raise kids and especially girls to be assertive and feel comfortable standing up for themselves. And a really easy way to practice that is to have them say, I'll have a Shirley Temple or do you have pasta with no butter? And it can be very intimidating for some kids to ask for something off the menu or to ask something in a clear, loud voice or to make eye contact. And so it's a good look. Pressure way for kids to get used to doing that because hopefully they'll have a friendly waiter who's attentive and patient and can take the time while they get their words together and order the Shirley Temple. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of Shirley (laughs) Temple,
0: do you ease up a little bit on your nutrition rules at dinner when you're out, Liz, or what? Our feeling
1: is if it's kind of celebratory, yeah. So, I mean, A Shirley Temple is a really good way to get kids, (laughs) you know, especially if they're like fidgety waiting for their food. And honestly, sometimes it's actually not good for the food to come out first for the kids because they're finished before yours comes out and then they're super fidgety and then what do you do with them? Like you don't wanna go outside and run around with them because it's your turn to eat. So sometimes, you know, we would make sure that the food came out at the same time, hopefully quickly, and there's nothing like a little, something a little special. Or it doesn't have to be like a Shirley Temple. I mean, we used to get at a little local restaurant, Sage called it like a sage surprise or something. It was basically (laughs) orange juice and cranberry juice with a little club soda and a lime. And to her, that was like a very fancy drink. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be soda. But yeah, let your kid have juice if you don't normally have juice or like... ah. I don't know. I
0: think it eases the transition. I think something yeah. special like that can definitely help. I mean, the other thing that I, I, I don't have to worry about this so much now, but when my kids were younger, I was always very prepared, not just with like clip-on high chairs and whatever I was going to need, like little placemats for the table, like when my kids were babies or whatever, but activities. So, you know, I'm actually fine if my kids are drawing or writing or, you know, playing tic-tac-toe. You or always the things. Mary
1: Poppins mom with a giant bag full of activities. I do have a lot of things. My kids used to love eating out with you because you'd be like reaching into your bag and pulling out (laughs) like 18 drawing pads and 37 new packs of markers. And I used to love that. Yes. (laughs) Well,
0: I'm all for being successful. I really want eating out to be successful because I want to have a nice time too. And it's hard to wait, right? Like it's just hard. There are not many opportunities in life these days where kids need to wait. Everything is very quickly given to them. So I think even sitting for 20 minutes and waiting for food can be difficult. And so I'm like, it's okay if you're drawing or coloring, but I also want to be able to sit and have a bit of a nice time myself too. So that's why I'm prepared.
1: Speaking of being prepared, I just would like to say this as a note of caution to parents. So it's totally fine to bring your own, like Inglisina makes a really good clip-on travel high chair. It's in our new baby shower gift guide, by the way. Mm. Like there's tons of stuff you can bring. Some people bring... Like those little convertible high chair slash shopping cart covers, in case they're worried about germs. Like all that stuff is fine. However, do not be the crazy germaphobe parent in a restaurant. <laughs> do not be like standing there freaking out, going, "Oh my god, can you wipe down this table? This is disgusting. I need a new high chair." If you are a pain in the butt, they're not gonna want to have you, <laughs> and it's gonna it's have true. a bad experience for all. Be respectful of the restaurant, even if it's not up to your like normally super high germ standards. Your kids are gonna be fine. No one's going to, like, contract some horrible illness from, like, sitting in a high chair that another kid sat in. Seriously, we ate out a lot, and my kids are fine and healthy. Be kind to the restaurant. Don't be, like, demanding and awful. Like, sometimes we talk about why kids can be a pain in the butt in restaurants and why other people don't want to dine around kids. But you know what? Sometimes the parents are worse. (laughs) (laughs) So be a good parent. It's not all on your kids. It's on you two (laughs) parents.
0: Okay, so a big deal. This is a big deal for me is that parents need to be responsible for their kids. So our kids are friendly. And like when we come up to New York, we let them have a kids table, right? Like Thalia mm-hmm. and Sage and Quinlan and Margo will all be at their own table. But they kind of worked up to that. I am not a fan of kids tables if kids are not ready to have kids tables because I cringe when kids are yelling.
1: We still check in on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean not even though they're teased now, yeah, we'll yeah. come over and be like, everything okay here? Can you keep it down a little bit? You know, like... So So we are still
0: responsible for that table,
1: even though they're like 14 and 15 years old. Right.
0: So even if they're not at their own table. So like kids' tables are one thing. And, you know, it is just my I cringe when I see kids alone at a table being loud and crazy in a restaurant. I think it's fine if they're laughing and having a nice time. But knowing their environment, like you can't scream, you can't get up, you can't run around, but also at your own table. So if there are kids at your table, a big thing for me is that you cannot get up. Like, you can't just come over and stand next to me and, like, hang out. Like, we're at a restaurant. We have to stay seated. Yes, if yes. you want to get up, go to the bathroom. Take a really long time to wash your hands and stretch your legs. But, like, you can't just come over to me. And usually it's my youngest who's still, she's young. She's eight. And it's when she's done eating. Yeah. So she's like,
1: hi. And And the standing up is a safety issue, by the way. And and part of being responsible for your kids, I will tell you from a restaurant professional's point of view, the thing that freaks them out the most is the liability of children running around a restaurant, not just to interrupt the other diners and their experience, which is a problem, but there are outlets around. There are plugs. There are waiters walking around with heavy trays filled with things that can fall on your children's head, which may include hot pots of coffee or giant trays of cocktail glasses like you don't want them underfoot when there's a waiter coming through like running food so think about that I think it's cultural also I often see tourists from other countries who come and eat and then as soon as their meal is done the kids just run around the restaurant I'm not sure what culture specifically but there must be like just other standards in other countries which is awesome but when you are here in the United States I would say do not let your kids run around the restaurants the servers go crazy they hate hate that because it gets in their way and it creates a safety hazard and again look out for your own kids. So
0: how do you feel about screens at the table Liz? Because that's Uh, one thing that parents use as a way to keep their kids you know sitting quietly and occupied at the table. So what do you think about that? So let's talk about young kids first because
1: my kids are older and now we're all in that like awful thing where we like check our phones or let me just show you this thing on Instagram or I have to show you this photo that I just took you know so sometimes the screens come out in a in a not so nice restaurant nice restaurants we try to put away our phones when my kids were young was when tablets first got big and i thought it was really important to teach them how to behave And how to be patient and how to entertain themselves without a screen. I know that sounds like kind of judgy, but I think it's really important. And I think that we use screens often as a crutch because I get it. We're tired. It's been a long day. I just, especially if you're a single parent and you're taking your kid out, you know, if you just plop them in front of a screen and they watch like a PBS kids show, you can have your wine and chill and relax and just be like a human for an hour. So I totally understand why you do it. However, there's two problems to consider before you make That choice. One is that it's really distracting to other people in the restaurant, especially when it's a big tablet. That's a big, glowing. Spotlight <laughs> that everybody can see from around the restaurant, especially if you're in a darker, nicer right. restaurant. It is. It's funny to hear, but it's so true. It's you're so drawn true. You can to totally light, see the iPad like glowing, moths to a flame. Right. Like yeah. all I can do is focus on that stupid thing. And I've been in very nice, fancy restaurants where there's kids on screens, and I cannot believe it. It just feels like it ruins the ambiance for people. And again, part of this is about letting your kids know that the world doesn't revolve around them. They have to engage with adults on terms when they're in a restaurant. So I think that's one is it can really interfere with the dining experience of the other people. And then you feel a little less welcome and you start getting a little more of the glares from the other people. Okay. So that's one. Two is, you know, as I said, I think it's just really important to teach kids to entertain themselves. And that may mean that we as parents have to step up and guess what? Have conversations with them, play a word game at the table, talk to them about their days, give them crayons, say, draw me a this, draw me a that. We used to play like the doodle game all the time where you just draw a squiggle and then the kid would have to take a crayon and make it into something. Oh, those are I mean, fun. Yeah, that's, that's a fun so game. That's so easy. Yes. And that also, by the way, still gives you that little break, parent, while they're engaged with their drawing with the crayon. So I am not a big fan of screens as a crutch. I get that sometimes you're like, oh my God, my kid is completely freaking out. It is the last resort. But I think people are using it as their first resort. And I would just urge you to reconsider that for multiple reasons. And we really want to teach our kids how to be engaged in the world, enjoying the environment, participating in the world, and when they are in the world of the screen or the movie or the show that they're watching, they're not actually learning from or enjoying a restaurant experience.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I haven't really thought about it this way, but it lends itself to this idea that parents really need to take better care of themselves. Like, we need to go out on our own. We need to embrace the idea of self-care so that those moments when we're out with our family aren't our only moments out of our house like, those aren't our breaks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if we had breaks otherwise, you know, I think of like the harried mom in the grocery store who's got a kid like on an iPad in the, in the grocery cart, right? Like, I feel like if we had other moments in our lives, more of them where we felt like ourselves and we were able to breathe and have some space that when we did go out with our kids and do things or sitting at the dinner table at a restaurant, it would be a little easier for us to engage and we wouldn't so much desire this like, okay, I just need to like, sit down and like put my feet up. I haven't really thought about it that way. I don't know if that's necessarily 100% for everyone, but it is something to think about. I mean, for us, as my kids have gotten older, we've been a little lax in that. For instance, my oldest uses her phone. She looks up different figures and things to draw at the table. So I'm like, Sure. You you can be on your phone because but she's not
1: like watching. She's not watching movie. a show. Exactly. Right.
0: And my son, he wants to show me like whatever star he's following on Instagram or a sports play that he saw and he wants to talk about it. And it's like an impetus for a conversation. Right. It's like a conversation starter. Right. right. So in that case, we actually do keep our phones around if it works out that way. But we're not sitting there on them engaging alone.
1: Agree. <laughs> but, but also, again, you're talking about tweens right Yes. Now. yes and 18s. I think if you're talking about younger kids, and again, I'm not, I want to be really clear to our listeners, I'm not saying this to judge parents because I don't know what your day is. I don't know what moment you're having at that moment. I don't know that you're going through a total crisis and you're like, I just need to put my kid in front of a screen because I need to be alone with my thoughts and my wine for just a half an hour. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it. There's always exceptions to every rule. I'm just saying, like, if you find that in general, eating out time equals screen time for the kids, maybe, like, think about alternatives to that. And that there's some great benefits in not having screens for both you,
0: your kids, and for the other diners. And what's so funny, Liz, is that we talk a lot about technology. We have cool mom tech. We have OutTech Your Kids. We love technology. We are super pro-technology, but there's a time and place for everything. You know, we talk a lot about screen life balance and this is a perfect example. Rust-tons okay, last nice. thing. <laughs> last thing. Last thing. This is a tough one, but you need to be prepared to walk out. You need to be prepared to leave entirely and try Again, this is a hard one. Have you ever had to walk out, Liz? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Ugh, I feel so old now. I know. There
1: were definitely times when my kids were little, for sure, like toddlers, and one would start fussing or crying, and I'd be like, up, Out. Like, especially because their dad was a restaurant person, he was so hypersensitive of the feelings of the servers and the other people in the restaurant, we were like, boom, out. So one of us would take the kid out instantly. Like, if there's more than 10 seconds of fussing, we'd be like, out the door, walking around with the kid or running around with them or changing them or whatever you have to do until you can bring them back and they can behave because you don't want to be like that table. I think there was one time where a kid was having a meltdown and we were like, that's it. And I took the kid outside, and then we just said to the server, we are so sorry. Can you just
0: pack everything to go? And we took it out. Yeah, and it's it's not as bad as you think. Honestly, servers have still dealt... still had a good meal. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's not home. a big deal. And servers deal with so many crazy people. Like, I'm sure that a parent who is trying to manage their child and politely just says, hey, listen, can you pack this up, is not as bad as you think it is. Like, they've seen a lot worse. But it
1: sucks <laughs> when you, like, have been so looking forward to, like, a yeah. night out, and does. you got a table and you're so happy. And then one kid melts down, ruins it. You're so angry. You want to like just freak out and throw things like, oh, it's awful. It really is terrible. But that's the deal. If you're going out to eat with your kids, you, especially when they're young, you need to accept that things may not work out and you may have to be prepared to leave temporarily or permanently. And I think, you know what? It's okay. Like, maybe it
0: even teaches your kid a lesson. Like, remember last time how we had to leave? Well, let's not have that happen again. Absolutely. Depending on their age. I, I love this point. I mean, really, to sum everything up, you just want to be the guests that you would want to have back at your own restaurant. So if you owned a yes. restaurant, that's, that's who you're trying to teach your kids to be. And this is a life skill. Like, we think about all the things our kids are learning at school. Like, this is a life skill. They are going to be eating out in some way or another in their lives. And so that you're teaching them a valuable, valuable skill when you eat out. So, I
1: think it's very clear that we are in agreement that it is good to take (laughs) kids out to restaurants, in summary, that it is bad to be awful people in restaurants, whether you're awful parents or awful kids, and that it's good for us to all be respectful of each other in our spaces, and that includes people who are out to dinner without kids recognizing that, you know what, if there are well-behaved children near you, you'll handle it. You'll be fine. You'll get through dinner and it won't ruin anything at all. So, hey, we all have the opportunity to be those awesome parents who prove to the like skeptical, cynical, child free adults of the world that they can coexist with children peacefully in this world.
0: <laughs> all right. So we're going to link up everything we talked about on our podcast page and we will be right back with our cool picks of the week after this. There is a new parenting podcast on the block from none other than Constance Zimmer and Missy Pyle called the Mother Lode and I am so excited to listen. You might know Constance from her work as Young Woman Patient in Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> and Missy's groundbreaking performance as Beautiful Woman in Mad About You. Okay, I'm kidding. These ladies, they're prolific actresses who you probably all know. And now they've got a podcast. Look, I support that. As someone who played
1: Hot Box Girl Number 3 in Guys and Dolls <laughs> in high school, I think that Beautiful Woman in Mad About You is a big step up. But you know we all love supporting other parenting podcasts. There's enough bandwidth to go around for all of us. We think this is one our listeners will really like also. The brand new show is all about the real and sometimes messy parts of
0: parenting. And of course, we know a little bit about that. And along with our special guests, which includes some celebrity friends and experts, Constance and Missy talk about what really happens as parents. The confusion, the uncomfortable moments. Yes, celebrity parents. They really are like us. Oh
1: my gosh, they have horrible PTA moments too. They have vapor explosions too. I can't even believe they don't all have 18 nannies to clean it up for them. And the best (laughs) and worst of... Of raising kids. It's an unfiltered community filled with authentic conversations. I think you'll laugh a lot. You may cry a lot, but not in a bad way. So basically, <laughs> if you like Spawned, we think that you're going to like The Mother Lode. And we really like these ladies and their work. So it's super cool that now they are right on our phones and in
0: our AirPods. You can search for The Mother Lode, that's The Mother Lode, L-O-A-D, right now while you're listening. And hit subscribe or you can find it on on your favorite podcast app. That's the Mother Load with Constance Zimmer and Missy Pyle wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, it's time for our Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Liz, I have to tell you about these gorgeous bracelets I found. There's a little shop in my town. It's called Lotus Apparel and Home. A woman-owned small business. Woo! Yay! And she has these bracelets from Ubuntu Life. And they're bright, beaded, leather bracelets. They're gorgeous. Ooh. And they're fairly affordable. But what I love is that they're handmade by women in Kenya. And they actually employ these women full-time They help support children with special needs, which as you might imagine in a country like Kenya might be a little more difficult than say here in the United States. So I love that they're doing this. They're so bright and fun. I'm actually wearing one right now.
1: And we love the stacky bracelet there. We
0: do love the stacky bracelets. So you can actually purchase them on their website, which we will link up on our podcast page. But I just love wearing something that I know supports women and moms and children who need it most. So. I I love love
1: that. What about you? So my cool pick this week is not from a small business, but it does support children and moms and families in a different way. Mattel, if you saw our website or any of our social media feeds, has just launched the first gender neutral dolls for kids. Yay! And they are Amazing, they really are. I'm very emotional even talking about it. Yeah. Before you're like, what? That's so weird. They're Barbie-like in their size and Mm -hmm. posability and their look, but they just have neutral faces. They don't have. I remember when Sage was little and she said, "Mom, I can always tell which are the girl animals in cartoons because they have eyelashes."
0: (laughs) Oh, very observant and very true.
1: Yeah. So they don't have those kind of traditional markers of like a boy doll or girl doll, and they come with a wig to make the hair long or short and multiple clothes they're kits so you can make over a hundred different mix and match outfits and you can have a kid with short hair who looks like a boy wearing a tattoo and cool sneakers or they can have you know super long funky hair but be wearing camo pants and a shirt that's more traditionally Uh, masculine They're so wonderful they're so great there's like I think six sets in all right now and it's sorted by hair and skin tone so there's white dolls and black dolls and brown dolls and kind of ethnically ambiguous dolls And they're so beautiful. They're so cool. The name of the line is Creatable World. And what I like is it's not really about gender neutral per se. It's about a blank canvas doll, so that your kid can use doll play for imagination and creativity, and not be constrained by like the boy is the race car driver and the girl is the ballet dancer. It's really a blank canvas doll. So it's Mattel's Creatable World dolls, first gender neutral dolls. Super cool. There's an article right on Cool mom picks all about it and we will link that up on our site as
0: well all right well thanks so much for joining us for another episode of spawned huge thanks to our engineer john bowen and as always we just want to remind you that there are a few things that you can do to help spread the word and support spawned liz we did get a few more five-star reviews thank you so much to everyone who took. you know it takes like not even a minute to click the five star and if you're feeling extra generous just type in a few words say hi we love Hearing from you, but it actually really helps other people find our podcast when you subscribe, when you actually download our episodes, and if you tell a friend or family member about our podcast, you can actually text. The podcast episodes. You can share them on your social media and it really, really helps. We are so appreciative when you do that. Another
1: thing you can do that helps support us is support our sponsors who support us. We are an independent podcast. We are not part of some like huge network. We don't get like huge ad deals that have been on crooked media and whatever. Like we're finding awesome small brands that we love to support and we're so grateful that they support us. So click over and check out their links and the special offers they give just for you. There's good stuff. I've ended up (laughs) finding a lot of good stuff just from our own sponsor.
0: And of course you can join our Spawned Podcast community on Facebook. We will link it up on our podcast page or just search for Spawned Podcast Community on Facebook. We would love to have you. We chat about our shows and everything else in the world. So join us. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.